What's going on, all you good people out there? I hope everybody had a tremendous week. Welcome to Unrestricted. I am your host, Ben Lieber. My guest this week, fantastic human being. Somebody that I've known since 2006 when I moved to Minnesota. He played 11 seasons in the NHL, which is the National Hockey League for those people out there that didn't know. He grew up in Bloomington, Minnesota, not far from where I record these podcasts, where he was a two-time state champion, uh, played collegiately at St. Cloud State just up the road from the Twin Cities, uh, was also a silver medalist for the 1997 World Juniors for Team USA, and like I said, played 11 years in the NHL. His name is Mark Parrish, and Mark Parrish now works for KFAN Radio here in the Twin Cities, FM 100.3. We are colleagues, I guess, working together at this station, even though we have been friends since 2006. He also works at the NHL Network and specifically with the Minnesota Wild as a game analyst and as a studio analyst for Bally's Sports North. Um, Mark's got a very important message and story to tell. Not only just talking about his NHL career and sort of these the stories that go along with that, but as of recently in the last year, actually just a few days ago, he celebrated his one-year anniversary of sobriety. Mark had a very public um, situation that happened where he went to rehab, came out as an alcoholic, uh, had to battle those demons, and very publicly in a very vulnerable state, uh, told everybody on the airwaves about his situation and has become an, has become a beacon of strength for a lot of people. And and I wanted to sort of talk to him about his his big one year. I mean, he's made it a year, and um, you know I think that he wanted to share his story again, kind of talk about his journey and where he's at. You know where he's at with his daily life and this new lifestyle that he has to adopt, and uh, I think that he is just a, a pillar of strength and somebody that can be super influential to anybody out there that is suffering through something. That people are just like you, and you're not alone. And there are people out there that want to help, and you maybe just maybe somebody can draw some inspiration from this sit down that I have and this very vulnerable and very open and very unrestricted. Mark Parrish. Please enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by the one, the only Douglas and Todd Bourbon. You can find Douglas and Todd at douglasandtodd.com. It is grain to glass, Minnesota made gold medal winning bourbon. Who says you can't have good bourbon outside of Kentucky? Well, we do at Douglas and Todd. The reason being the extreme hot and cold temperatures of Minnesota as it matures in those charred American oak barrels for over five years lends itself to the expansion and contraction of the temperatures. And by doing that, it goes inside the wood and gets pressed out of the wood and just brings out that bold, rich, yummy flavor of bourbon that you love so much and you be the judge for yourself. Go to douglasandtodd.com, go to the store locator in the upper right-hand corner, find the liquor store closest to you so you can judge for yourself. Douglas and Todd Bourbon, Minnesota-made, grain-to-glass, gold-medal-winning bourbon, douglasandtodd.com. 
Harry, Hi, what's Benny. happening, buddy? How you doing, my friend? Oh, God, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Yeah, great. thanks yeah. for coming in. Absolutely, thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you. You were you were so eager when I texted you if you wanted to do this, and you're like, <laughs> "Let's do it." And I'm Absolutely. like, "Hell yeah!" I don't been, twist I've your been, arm or anything. We're waiting for the invite. No, no, I'm I'm always happy to to hang out with you and converse or whatever it is you want to do, buddy. Uh, you're recovered from Vegas. I recovered. I was a zombie for a couple of days. I just I had to put my phone away and just slept. I mean, just even abnormally for me, like Nikki even checked on me uh, on yesterday, actually on Tuesday. Uh, are you OK? I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. Well, you're going to the doctor on Thursday. Are you sure? Like, maybe we should get your testosterone checked. No, Nikki, I was just in Vegas. I didn't get any sleep because you came with and I was up two thirty to seven on the power trip and I got no sleep. But, oh, my God, it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't even uh, I did not make the power trip Vegas party. Uh, I had family in town and I felt the same way. Dude, these last two days I've been struggling to wake up um, and I can't imagine just doing the whole Vegas thing. Three thirty to seven o'clock in the morning shows, followed by, you know, people gather around partying and then you had the night before and it's just and it's. It's as fucking Vegas. I mean, like, the, the, ener- the energy alone of Vegas. That is the one thing that I do like about Vegas. Yes. You, oh. you can just go there. You don't even have to have many plans. And you can just, no. like, through osmosis, like, just suck in this energy. Oh, yeah. And it's just fun. It, that's exactly right. You know, you, you nailed it. So, so when Nikki and I got there uh, Wednesday, you know, we got in earlier before just about everybody. And um, we kind of, like, right when I dropped my bags at the hotel, like, Nikki and I looked at each other like, what do you want to do? Like, <laughs> you're, just like, you're just like giddy. Yeah, like, what, what do you, do you want, want to do? do? What I mean, do you want to do? What it is? Like, let's just do something. Uh, yeah, um, it is, and it was it was a ball, and that's exactly how it felt the whole time. Yeah. Um. So big moment for you. I was yes. li- I was listening to the show, and during the show, you hit your one year of yeah. sobriety. Dude, and it happens in Vegas. So they had. I know. What so, I- they, so they had <laughs> the the initials game jackpot. And so for the people that that don't know, I I don't have the time to explain yes. all, all all the stuff that's going on with the Power Trip Morning Show on KFA and Radio uh, here in the Twin Cities. But they play this game called initials, and basically it's a pro- pro- progressive jackpot that builds every single week if if nobody wins. And there was a point where I was telling the creator of the show, Corey Cove, after this was a couple weeks ago, Corey. You got to do something else. Like nobody's <laughs> going to hit this jackpot. Like people have been close. They've guessed one letter, but not both letters. I'm like, I don't think that anybody's going to guess this, and it's. I think people are going to become disinterested, and it's gonna, it's just going to fail. Yeah. And he's like, well, and he kind of told a story how it almost happened already, and he's like, I have faith it'll happen, and it freaking happened I, in Vegas. I, I c- and and then on top of that. You have your one-year yeah, anniversary. It's like yeah. all this great stuff it has was, happened in Vegas. It was absolutely cur- – when, when Carl, when he – I still uh, – I guess Corey said, thank God, like right away. He said – right when he said the initials, like he almost fell over backwards. But luckily enough, you know, he was standing back behind. Like so it wasn't in the in the theater where he's like standing up in front of everybody. He was kind of standing off in a corner and beat up so nobody saw him. Nobody was watching him. So he kind of just gathered himself. And, and the way he's – and Corey, of course, he's just a mad genius – like, he sets it up. I had no idea which way he was going, whether it was good, bad. And then finally I was like, all right, he's holding it out. This guy, he didn't win. And I'm like, I don't even remember what he said. And then he, then he hit the he hit the right, correct button. We were like, wait, wait, did he win? Like, there's that second of thought, like, holy crap. And all, that was such a cool moment. What a cool moment. And then he flies out there and kicks my butt in initials. But that was because I was half asleep. <laughs> but no, uh, no, it was great. And, uh, you know, the response, man, being a year, it's this year's been uh, – 
crazy. It's gone fast. It's gone a lot faster than I thought it was going to, to be honest with you. Uh, uh, it's been awesome with the support I've gotten uh, from from friends such as yourself to the, the, the Rubes to uh, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with the amount of people that stop me on the street. And, and, really? You know, and, and not just... Uh, you know, not just like thankful for the story, but have their own story to tell. Uh, and uh, that's one thing I didn't think, I didn't realize, uh, I guess I don't know why, why I would have thought of it. I had no idea what was going to happen after I, I kind of came out with my story. Uh, and uh, as for people, I think a lot of them, is, it gives them an opportunity to tell their story. Mm. They kind of like, they have an ear, they can tell me. So it's 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 been really fun. And I, I think that's the, that's the one way uh, it's helped people where that it has surprised me completely the most, and I just, I just love it. And, you know, hearing how, uh, how, how much this affects everyone. It seems like every family member, everybody I know, has a family member or a friend, and, and they've come out. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to help out some people here in my first year while still understanding that this is, a, this is a lifelong battle. It's not like my rookie year in the NHL, and there's just a career that's going to end. This is, a, this kind of keep going. So I'm just learning my lessons and slowly moving along here, and. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's it's uh, it's crazy to say a year because you feel like it's never going to happen. The first 90 days, you're counting every day, and you go to right, meetings every right. day, and you screw up around the six month mark like I did, and then you go back to 90 days, and you're counting every day, and you're just like, my God, I don't ever want to do this again. It's like yeah. that. It's like the the, the relapse. The the one little relapse almost everybody has like helps. Then like you got to go back and recount your days, and you guys every day do a meeting and I mark day 45, and it's just embarrassing as hell. You have yeah, to do it again. Yeah. So I was like, all right, that's it. I'm never doing it again. Hopefully, hopefully that's true, but we'll see. You know that that relapse that you had in the six month mark. That you and I talked, um, you know, sort of soon after that, and you were very open about. It. And he's like, yeah, I had a, a slight little slip up, and you were like refocused and ready to go. But what did that? What did that experience sort of teach you about yourself that maybe you didn't already know when you're going through the rehab process and when you're at the facility getting the, the professional help? I'm sure they probably told you that here are the tools to use when you go back home. Yeah. This is the things to expect. This is the things that may surprise you or what have you. But then when you're actually living it and then you have, <laughs> then you have a trigger or you have yep. an experience and then, yeah. you, and then you do slip up. What did you learn about yourself from that? Uh, you know, boy, it was crazy. I learned a couple, of, a couple of really good, hard lessons, but good lessons. And and yeah, the 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 one lesson I learned right away was I've got to keep my emotions not necessarily in check. I mean, I obviously want to keep them in check, but we all have emotions, right? We're all going to get angry. Yeah, we're all going to have those emotions, but but. Uh, realizing, like uh, you know, being aware of my emotions and and understanding. Uh, how far it can go, uh, I, I, and that's that, that was the big thing. Is uh, before when I've had when I'd have my moments, my wife so lovingly called them. We so lovingly called them Hulk, the Hulk moments. Uh, broke a lot of broke a lot of stuff in the Hulk moments, and uh, uh, you know, and realizing it all starts with some kind of like where my emotions start going up, just like Hulk. Oh. Uh, so catching it early on and realizing right away, like, okay, calm down, calm down. Like, it's okay. It's okay to feel those emotions. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, the being a grown up and not reacting to them and not burying them in vodka, which worked all too well. Uh, and, and that was the thing is like, I didn't, I didn't realize how much fear and, and concern, um, worry I had, like my, my wife and Nikki and, and the kids and my family, uh, 
for so long, whenever these things moments happened, it didn't matter because I was I mean, I was drinking right away again. So like, I didn't see the aftermath. I, I never really saw the cause effect. Right. Anything really. Right. Is I'm drunk the whole time. And, and then so that moment seeing, you know, that next day being, oh, my God, so hungover. Talk, you want to talk about a guilt hangover. There's a guilt hangover, too. It just kills you. And, and it was just, of course, drinking straight vodka after taking six months off doesn't help either. Uh, and um, so that next day is, uh, you know, sitting there and then the kids come back and seeing how scared they are, seeing the fear in their eyes and seeing the concern in their eyes. You know, like it, 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 I can't even really describe the way they were looking at me. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was like, that's not how you're supposed to look at a dad. It's not, you know, like right. it's like alien. It was there was it was really it, it was awful. And, and that's something that I've hold I've held with me. And that's, a, you know, the lessons that I've learned the most right there is just that. Being I, from that is like being very aware of my emotions. If I start to feel upset, it's okay. Just you know, you don't have to lose your mind and you know throw the computer out the window. You, right, you can right. you act, act like a normal human being. Have you yeah. always been like that though? No, I haven't. So when you're when you're a kid growing up, like you you was, didn't get you, you didn't have like a temper tantrum no, or or was, stuff like that. I was even keel as can be. Uh, I was super relaxed, super laid back, and and I finally starting to feel like I'm getting there. But actually, to be honest, my wife and I have gone back and looked, and they started with they actually started with the concussions. Mm -hmm. Is where they started coming in, and we, and we as we started kind of going back and and uh, putting my concussions into a timeline and kind of how I was acting from from those times. That's when that's when we realized that it's a lot of that has happened from there. And that was what was what was great about my rehab facility, the Meadows in Wickenburg is, and that was why I got sent there. Is, is they do what uh, there's a heavy heavy focus on TBIs and traumatic brain injuries. Yeah. So they knowing the NHLPA, knowing that I had a bunch of injuries, not to mention that, everything else, they're on top of it. That's why they sent me to this heavy duty place, and it was incredible. They they like like they had those wires all over. It looked like Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Yeah, you know, like just wires coming out of me at all places in my head, and they could pinpoint, uh, pretty much pinpoint where the concussions were. And like, really? Like they, I asked, they like how many concussions? You have? I'm like, I, have, I think I have seven on record. They're like, no, no, you got, you probably got at least a dozen. And I'm like, holy Jesus. It blew my mind. So even now, yeah. So this let's just, let's just for the timeline purposes. So let's say a year ago, yeah. When you're at the the treatment facility, you haven't played hockey in how many years? Uh, since 2012. So yeah. So there, you're saying that you haven't suffered, and I'm not saying that you can't. I mean, you can suffer TBIs even outside of hockey, but yeah. you haven't had a traumatic brain injury since, you know, let's say for the last ten years, maybe. Yep. And they can still see that, yeah. the remnants and the scarring the, yeah, exactly, the in scarring. the brain. They can tell from just yeah, the scarring in the brain. So where, where exactly was it? Most, most of mine were in the back here, uh, from, yeah, from the hockey, hitting the back of the head. And then a lot of them were up here in the front, front left side above my eye. And then it was just a couple over on the left, right. Most of them were in the back. Are those classic places? Yep. For yeah. hockey oh, yeah. players, and, and they had like I, I wish I had my my the, the neurofeedback in front of me because I know you'd love it too because it's like the the alpha the beta and all that, and so it was just focused like we just had to focus on it. You just sat there and watched the computer screen. I had like a flying dragon, and if you stayed focused, that dragon just flew through hoops. And if you didn't, the thing just started nose diving towards water. And there was one, and it was crazy. You just sit there and stare at it. That's all you do. And and the one they put my bait, I think it was, and my God, the thing was just no dive, nose diving the whole time. I could, I'm I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting there trying to focus on it. Then they'd change and go to the theta, 
and, and all of a sudden the, the dragon be flying just fine. Just so there perfect. was a mi- there's a miss crazy. on the beta. There's just a misfiring. It's just like a there's misfire. not a you're yep. not making the connection as exactly. much as much as you focus and you're staring at that at that screen and you're telling your brain to focus and and to do whatever maneuvers you're supposed to be doing it just wasn't doing it just it. wasn't doing it and like so and the the nurse she was awesome she was she, like she had thank god she was there i think i would have fainted i guess i was struggling so hard to keep it so i was like mm-hmm. she's like no breathe breathe like the more you relax actually the better you be but i would get so frustrated and then of course it just get worse and worse and worse with that but then the other ones when i'd sit there watch i'd just sit there breathe and i try and do the same thing with that and it just yeah it, it's it's pretty crazy yeah, and those connections just never rehealed and so in well, a way, I never really it, gave much of a chance there yeah. for a few years either. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to be honest. So in a way, was that was that sort of relieving to realize that you know, it's not just my crazy emotions. It's not just my quote unquote lack of willpower or whatever. Like you really had a brain injury that exacerbated whatever emotion that you're going through. Yeah. And you knew that there was an easy sort of crutch, and you'd be like, "Well, I can just reach for the handle of vodka, and I think, I and mean, I know that everything's going to be smoothed out. Yeah. At least I don't have to think about it anymore." I mean, what it, what was the thought process? And when you had those Hulk moments, and you're like, "You know what? Screw it. Um, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to go grab, grab a drink." Like, when would you feel that sort of that level of anger kind of go away? It start, you know, it, it was the it was it was mainly the anxiety. Uh, the anxiety would would lead to all the rest. It would lead to depression. It would lead to anger, uh, and the anxiety was just getting. It would just get worse and worse. Um, you know, it, it, it and a lot of it stemmed around like those concussions and, and the end of my career. It was just frustrating because it just happened so fast to me, in my opinion. And even talking to people around the hockey world, it's like, damn, like how quickly, you know, my career just faded and why that was. And it, it just so happens that I had two concussions the year before there in Minnesota, right? And then I get left to Dallas. Well, I wasn't – I shouldn't have been able to get bought out. I was never cleared from those concussions. And when I found that out, that, that kind of took that hard. I was like, son of a bitch. Like that kind of that, – that ended my career right there. I never got healed right, from Minnesota. Right. So, therefore, I never even really – even though I got to go Dallas and Tampa and play for a little bit – I never got to play my best game. I was concussed, not to mention I got a couple more concussions along the way while I was in there. Um, and it just it hit me hard. Uh, and I think I, that was one of the big things that, that, that really just kind of hit me hard that way where, uh, yeah, I just kind of feel like it's just my career got swept right underneath my feet and just got yanked out from, from underneath me. Um, and accepting that just got the anxiety got to me and that's when you know it was whether it was uh you know for a while i had painkillers it was painkillers uh you know and then you know eventually my wife convinced me that those weren't good for me thank god she did that and somehow somehow i kicked those cold turkey i still don't know how that happened thank god for nikki um and then but that just switched right to alcohol because it's it's it works really well hey i got uh, I got to go to the NHL network and uh, I got to do an interview. So a sip of vodka to calm down before the interview, uh, right. do a right. podcast, uh, a glass of bottle. Who's going to know us if I have one on the podcast, you know, and it just starts from there. And honestly, God, and you before just, you, you know would it, convince yourself you're just going to take the edge off. It just the edge off. And, and you, and we are so cold. Oh my God, we are good liars. Like we are spectacular liars. We are such good liars that we don't even realize we're lying to you guys. Anybody else? Like I never realized I was done on me. I was even lying to Nikki. My parents, anyone, I would justify. We justify everything in our head. It, it's it's an, it, it's it's insane. I know how some how it sounded how insane it sounds now, but at the time, like no, like it was justifiable. Like no, it's just one. Well, I've only had it's just one drink. 
It's only one before breakfast. Like mm. it, it, you, you just justify everything to make it sound that, that it's just justified. That you can do it, that, that you have it under control, that it doesn't have you under control. It's, it's amazing. You know, this might be just a, a fine line question, but how much of – because I think, I think professional athletes, whether you get closure on your career or not, I do think this, the transition period into quote-unquote normal life and being a normal person is, is tough. It's very hard. How much of that anxiety was a little bit of self-worth as well? Oh, oh, man, you know, like, you, for sure, uh, for sure it was. Uh, you know, like uh, you'd always say, I always say like, oh, you know, I'm just not just an NHL or, you know, I'm not just labeled as, as this and that. And then, then I realized quick that I liked being labeled as an NHL. Right, right. I liked having that. And and for sure that that took a hit to the career because I was no longer like Mark Paris, the NHL or uh, and I just like to not even be uh, t- uh along with a name like working for the wild or anything like that. Like that I didn't realize how much I missed that until this year working with the wild. Like I love the NHL network. That was great. It felt like I was part of a team. Oh my God, when I started working for the wild that finally filled that void of like being on a team like feeling needed feeling like yeah like i that's my team and all of a sudden you're just floundering oh my god i i guarantee you that had a ton to do with it because that's something i talked about a lot in therapy i still talk about in therapy it's tough it's you tough. know it is really, not it is. many of us get to roll out the red carpet or not even have any say really when it's going to be over right right so like it's just over right. and congratulations well, i i do want to go back to when you were saying that you you got released by the Wild. You you went on to play with a couple more teams, but you don't feel like your brain was ever fully healed. Outside of what you now know as residual from the TBIs that you had, did you have? Did you notice balance issues, vision issues, you know, uh, coordination issues? Did you have headaches? Like all the other sort of signs of a concussion? Did you suffer from those as well? Decision making. I was I I was moving in like slow motion. Really, I could. There was certain times. There, there was vividly. I remember one uh, where it was like an uh oh, and this was like I, in retrospect. When I was at the time, I was like, "Crap, my game is done." Like I, I clearly can't play this game anymore. We were on a three on one in Dallas. I had the puck on the right side, and I had it through the neutral zone from like the center red line in, three on one, and I literally just kept looking, 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 and skated right in the corner. I, I never made a decision. Like I didn't shoot the puck, I didn't pass the puck. I just skated it into the corner, and I like I got there. And I'm like, "What the hell did you just do? Like, what just happened?" And and there was uh, there was another time where uh, I got the puck in the neutral zone. I was playing with James Neal, and Mike Madonna, and I was a good half zone ahead of them. And I got the pass, and I and I in my mind I took a couple of steps and got across the blue line, and then I passed the puck, and I was like two feet short of the blue line. I mean, I wasn't even close, and I was just like, "Oh crap." Yeah. Like this isn't I'm clearly Did I'm the coaches gone. come to you and say like what the hell were you thinking? Like No, what, the, was there discussion about No, some of that and stuff? I think I think we all kind of it was all kind of just assumed as the same thing like all right, you know, maybe is that it's just this time. We don't know when our time's up, right? We all have a shelf life. And it was just kind of like, well, maybe his career is up and and that was kind of all it was because we assumed that it was I was cleared from a concussion that I was never cleared from. And I got I got another one actually that year. I got one in Dallas that year. And are these hard hits? Like, were you getting like oh, yeah. taken off your feet, the back of your head oh, hitting I the should, ice? I should, I should pull or, up the one from Dallas. You'd like that one. Okay, that's a big one. So it's a big. So they're they're big impacts. It's yes. not like 
Um, some of these are you're just taking a shoulder and maybe it's sort of a minimal hit and yeah. you're just like, boom, my my world is rocked and my yeah. and my head is spinning. Yeah. So they were big impacts. Yeah. yeah. And you took seven of those? Uh yeah. Yeah. But the doctors think way more than that. Yeah. Those the doctors in rehab think way more than that. And they're and they're like not even sure. I mean, just from because of the healing like you could easily have them when you're younger because that brain does heal that's a that's a beautiful thing that that i learned in rehab you know you can reheal the brain it takes a lot of work i've been getting into meditation and doing all you know that and and yoga and all that fun stuff and and uh i like i, I like the meditation part actually i never a little calm app that thing's awesome oh the calm app i yeah. love that yeah. like yeah. sorry nick you have to take 20 minutes i'll go on the deck maybe have a cigar and just listen to the calm app it's my jam now yeah <laughs> And you just sort of reflect on the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just kind of go through, uh, for me. Um, like, do they give you tricks to, to meditate? Because I've never actually taken a course. I know that you can do like all these, either YouTube or all these online courses. Like, here's Meditation 101. Yeah. You know. I, I just I, I just kind of forget my day sort of. Kind of like probably what you do on your walk. You're kind of like, all right, what do I got to do for the day, right? Like, just get the cobwebs out. Yeah. That's more or less what I'm doing. Like, okay. You know, like, so w the one thing that's big for me, because I'm still dealing with the anxiety, is, is like, the fear of the unknown. So it's, it's unbelievable, but, like, if I get a dinner sprung up, like, hey, we got dinner tonight, like, my anxiety will go through the roof. And she can be like, it's with Ben and Abby uh, and Chris and Kim and whoever, Corey and Angie, and my, like, anxiety will still, like, go, because, like, I don't have time to, like, mentally prepare for it. Like, if I have right. time to mentally right. prepare for anything, like, I've been good with everything. Like, Vegas, I had time to prepare for it, and... Twin City Summer Jam, these things like these going out where maybe be a little nervous about with, yeah, with me, yeah. uh, you know, in my first year, uh, so I could prepare for those. But yeah, it's it's like when those little things get thrown in, then then I'm like, oh my god, my anxiety, it's crazy. It's so then I got to take, I'll, I'll take my little 15, 20 minutes, <laughs> take my little calm app, and then that's what I do. Is like, so I just listen to like just I'll listen to those, you know, the the chirping and the, the birds. I was gonna say, what's, your, like, the, what's like, your what's your calm jam? Is it I just chimes? Like, yeah, is it... well, I just chimes that that can get actually a little annoying after yeah. a little while they do put you to sleep quick but they can get you a little annoying but i just like listen to the the birds and like the wilderness stuff and i'll just say like, okay well well let's see who's gonna be there okay well ben will be there and i'll just go through it and come back I'm like okay 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 let's go let's go you know let's that's it's sort of fascinating that you say that because that is one of the things regardless of tbi concussions or not talking to other players that are transitioning i think the the loss of schedule, the the loss of this automaticity of their life is is a huge void. And it does give a lot of guys anxiety, whether it's clinical diagnosed anxiety or whatever. Not knowing what's coming next is a big deal. <laughs> and I think that whether you practice visual visualization as you played or or not, we all in a way did that. Mm -hmm. Like you would wake up, you'd wake up and you knew your schedule with the wild or whoever you're playing for that day, you knew it the night before you're like, all right, uh, I got to get up. I got to get to the rink at this time. Uh, I'm going to come home. I'm going to take a nap. We got game time. Got to be back at the ice at five game time at seven. Good to go. Like you boom in, in 15 seconds, you knew your day. And that was just enough to be like, whew, okay. Got to get my mind right at this time, whatever. I know when I can shut my brain off. Then you transition to regular life and you're like, ah, um, I guess I guess tomorrow morning I'll make the kids breakfast and uh, then maybe take the kids to the park 
And all the while you're like, this doesn't accomplish shit. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> no, I'm no. just floating through the day. Oh my God. It still, it still gets me. I, 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 it's, uh, this is funny that you brought this up too. So I've talked about it with Nikki now the last two summers. Now that I've been sober, then the off season, I get anxiety near the end of summer because I haven't had anybody tell me what to do in months. The hockey season has yeah. been over with. Yeah. Like, I don't have anybody handing me a schedule. It's like, I, I, you could, I can only take so much of me deciding what to do, I guess. And then I'm like, somebody just tell me what to do. Right. Tell, tell me where to go. Right. Tell me where to be. O- outside uh, of the honey-do list. Outside of that, of course. Well, yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. I mean, our wives would give us a honey-do list oh, yeah. every day. No. And no. I could never get it done. And even no. if I got it done, because there, there are times where I'm like, man, I'm going to beat my chest because I'm like, I got the honey-do list done. But it didn't really accomplish anything. No. It's like, what did I no. really do today? I yeah, changed the light bulb. <laughs> I, you know, I I did this or I did that. And it's like, ah, I need something else. Yeah, I need something that's else. So something like tangible. Yeah, yeah, something real tangible. So I think that's I think that's a good practice. I mean, really for everybody, whether you're a professional athlete or someone coming out of the military or not, I just think that. The night before, whether it's a, a calm app or a meditation session or whatever it is, just take five minutes and just think about your next day. It, yeah, I'm telling you, it's unbelievable. It's that simple thing in rehab. It's, it's like so many, you do a lot of things in rehab. You're like, okay, come on, this is cheesy, you know, like, like whatever. Does this really work? I started writing out. So that's what that was my kind of night schedule. I brush my teeth, wash my face, and then I I wrote out the next day. Then I can remember it. If I just it, they had it typed up for me. I mean, I already had a typed out copy. I couldn't remember it to save my life. But if I if I wrote it down, so then I, I wrote it down every day, and then that was my. So then, all right, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. And you, and you just kind of like you say, you plug along, you get into that routine. You know, you're going okay. I got a couple hours here. Nap time. Yeah. You know, yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the other thing is you, you schedule me time. Yeah. You know that I'm I'm much more productive. Uh, during the football season than I am in the off season. And it's crazy when I would think about it when I first discovered that personally. It's like, why am I more productive when I'm the most busy? (laughs) Well, it's probably because I know when I can, I know where my breaks are. I know where my windows of opportunity for a workout, some me time, even emails. I'm terrible at emails. <laughs> I'm a horrible person when it comes to corresponding in emails. And it could be, and I might get done with the email, and it might have taken me 30 seconds to respond to this person. But I just put it off, and I just put it off. Yeah. But during the football season when I actually have I, – I can't. I don't know. You have 10,996 <laughs> emails in your inbox. Yeah. That stresses me out. That, <laughs> that stress. I, I can't. Don't ever show me that again. I have to clean out my inbox as much as possible. Oh, even, even if I look at them and just flag them. I got 197 so I, texts. See, I, uh, I had 90 as of this morning. And then my, my kid was at the park. My other kid was doing a tutoring session. And I cleaned out my texts. Okay. So it stresses me out just to see that 90. <laughs> and I got it down to like two. <laughs> I would love to see that. I, every time I I can get it, I can get through on like sixty, and then all of a sudden like a couple of those big group messages come through. I'm like, ah, and I'm screwed. I'm nothing I can do about that. Well, that was one. That was one of the things. Like, okay, so I had I had ninety on my on my texts, and I saw a couple big group texts, and I'm like, man, okay, if I can clear those out, I bet you, I bet you that's at least thirty right there. And I was so disappointed when I when I when I looked at one and sort of cleared it out. It was like five. And I'm like, oh shit! Damn it! God, I got more to go. 
Oh, I hope I was hoping that was gonna be one big sweep, and I was just gonna take a bunch out of there. Yeah. But um, I was gonna say this too. Maybe practice this. This really helps me out. And I started doing this. I wish I would. I did this as a player because I I only really did this after I got done playing, but it really helped in that transition phase of my life. My wife has those like um, they're just art pens that you can write on glass. Oh yeah. They're just like little ink pens. And I would write it on my mirror in the bathroom. So I would, I, whether it was something, um, and it could be, it could be just maybe something motivational, maybe like the next day, you know, work on, you know, let's say like the constant argument that my wife and I always have is either me listening and, uh-huh. or, or, and, or communicating my, my emotions. Right. Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I think every guy kind of struggles with communicating emotions. Yeah. So for instance, if I reflected on that day, that night, I'd be like, okay, God damn it. Like, just say your feelings and get it over. So I might write like, you know, emotions on, on the, on the, yeah. or, or the next day I'm like, okay, I have to book this flight, get this done, get this done. And so when I wake up in the morning, well, A, it clears my head to sleep. Yes. So then I'm not thinking, yeah, then right, I'm not, yeah, I'm not thinking stuff, about yep, it all, yep. you know, as I'm laying in bed, like, okay, I got to remember to do this, remember this, whatever. When I wake up in the morning, I'm brushing my teeth. It's like, oh Yeah. Oh yeah, I gotta be mindful today of this, and I gotta do this, and I gotta mm-hmm. do this, and it kind of just sets your day going forward. And you're like, I okay, like now that. I have a little bit of purpose because it's like staring at me right in my face as I'm brushing my teeth. I like that. Yeah, it's I, kind of a cool trick. I like, and you know what? And I got it. I especially I got Nikki on that because Nikki's the she's the queen of uh, you know at night she always brushing her teeth. Everything she's like, okay, she wants to go the next day, which of course we're brushing her teeth, so you can't understand. And then by the time we get that done and go to bed, it's like, it's in bed. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to change. Let's get it done tomorrow. And so she always wants to go over it. So I'm going to get Nikki going on that, too. Yeah, yeah. And then she'll remember, too. She's like, if I don't talk about it now, I forget. Well, there we go. Problem solved, Nikki. Yeah. Why do women always do that? It's it's. I'm getting ready for bed. I'm winding down. And then she wants to talk about some big topic that we didn't yeah. get to. I'm like, I don't want to discuss no, this right now. I just want to go to bed. And it doesn't even have to be, like, a fight. It's just like, I... Can we just? Yeah, I just don't want to think. Yeah, I don't want to think right now. <laughs> <laughs> like we just we just came off of sitting down to watch a show for the last hour. Yeah. I just ate some popcorn, and I just want to yeah. go to bed yeah, now. It's shutdown time. It's shutdown. It's sleepy time. <laughs> but they always want to talk about big issues. Oh yeah. Hey honey, I forgot to tell you about this today. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and it's amazing how they don't like hearing that, but that's exactly. What it is. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. We don't care. <laughs> we just want to go to bed. There's a time in the day that I do care. Yes. But as I'm brushing my teeth oh. and I'm 10 minutes away from closing my eyes, that's yeah. not the time no. that I want to turn my brain on and actually yeah. have a compassionate conversation where no. I have to actively listen to you. No. Because if I don't, then you're going to get mad. Yeah, exactly. Listening. And you're going to see through in a heartbeat if we just give you the fake smile and the, the, the yeah. head nod. Are you listening? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I got to give you more than an answer than that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. We could, we could, we yeah. could, um, we could <laughs> complain about our, our our wives probably for the next two hours as any guy could. Yeah, that's what guys' night out is. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why Nikki doesn't let me have any of those. <laughs> She's a smart woman. So, how do you like to kind of to kind of put a bow on this conversation with you and? Um, you know, what are your sort of coping mechanisms now that you've you've started a new lifestyle, which I think is probably the way you, that you have to think about yeah. this is yeah. like, 
you're not just taking this thing uh, hour by hour and just kind of watching the clock. Like you have to convince your mind and trick your mind. It's like, this is a new me. You know, whatever the old Mark Parrish was, like I have to create a new one to where it just becomes normal life. Like, yeah, exactly. And and so in those in those moments outside of like maybe the calm app or whatever, how how do you sort of take those moments and and make sure that you don't kind of lash out in that in the old way? I um I think I'm very lucky. Uh, when growing up through high school and even through college until I was 20 years old, I didn't drink. Uh, both neither Matt Cohen or I did when we were at St. Cloud or anything. And through high school, uh, winning state championships. I mean, there was the peer pressure. I, I mean, I, I couldn't even. I, it was enormous. I mean, every time we went out, everywhere we went, the older guys, everybody's trying to get me to drink. St. Cloud, everybody's trying to get me to drink. So the peer pressure was just so obscene. Uh, and I handled that that I've kind of just fallen back into that focused where where I, I had this discipline. I had this, you know, when I, when I was younger and I wanted to make the NHL. It wasn't until I got to the NHL it turned into a screw-up. <laughs> Imagine that. And uh, <laughs> um, But so I've kind of just refocused my brain. I know it sounds kind of simple, but it, I, and it's not as simple as I'm making it sound, but just refocus to I'm that kind of guy again. To where it's that's it's, it's sort of training, but obviously not doing the physical training that I was doing. But that same mental focus and training going into a season, well, it's just day to day. Then it's just this day. It's today is that focus, and then wake up tomorrow, and I'm going to do the same thing. It's just, it's just keeping that same focus to where uh, I, I've gotten to the point, and I, I I've had some moments uh, actually that last week a little bit of a moment where just a little bit of an itch. Um, but where it's just completely out of sight, out of mind. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm trying to get to the point, and that's my goal, to where I just don't even see it anymore because it's not an option. Right, right. I can't drink. It's, it's, I'm allergic. I do really horrible, bad things on it. I can't drink that. So out of sight, out of mind. Just whatever. Just forget about it. So like, it, it's never been around. Alcohol have been fine. People drinking have been fine. It, it'll just be like. Uh, all of a sudden, I'll get a little anxiety from whatever nerves coming in, like the other day, and then it'll just be, you know, you got to remember feelings are only ninety seconds, right? You only feel ninety seconds is what they tell you in rehab, so you just remember to feel, and it's okay to feel. I think that's the one thing that's the scariest part is literally just feeling emotions again. You're not used to any of it, yeah. Like coming out of it, you're just, I mean, feared, you know, like even like excited. You're like, what the hell is this? I haven't felt excited and God knows how long you've just been drunk the whole time. Right. You're just numb to everything. So it, it, almost all of the emotions that you have to learn to deal with kind of give you anxiety at first, including excitement and happy. You're just like, holy, and you're learning to deal with those emotions and just, yeah, it's, it's very kind of, uh, elementary almost. I feel like a child, but that's kind of my focus is, is, is controlling my emotions. And I can't sure believe that check. you, you went through high school and college. Yeah. And you didn't drink. Nope. Yeah, that's wild. So like I, I and I and thank God it kind of prepared me for this. So like now like peer pressure, I don't. It, and now it's like the exact opposite of peer pressure. Since I've gone, people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa you okay? Like the support and people have been absolutely incredible around me, like absolutely incredible. And now it's like the exact opposite. So I'm like, oh, if people are gonna be like this. Hell, I got this. No peer pressure and just don't drink. Yeah, you know, and I can't imagine how how heavy that all is because. In, in this one example that just popped up recently, um, and you and I were together, we were at a charity event not too long ago. And, and this is why I think it's so hard for me to wrap my head around that whole focused intention that you have to have. Um, 
is that I went into that night that we saw the, saw each other that Monday night, and I'm like, you know, I've got to do. I have some responsibilities to do on stage, and knowing from past experience that if I drink, I'm just not as sharp in those moments. So I went into the night like I'm just not going to drink. But then I had a little bit of anxiety of like, I just don't even want to deal with people if they say like, hey, what are you drinking? And I say like, I'm not drinking. You have to be like, oh, why? And you're like, I don't even want to have those stories. And so I even had those that moment where like, it was a little bit of anxiety of like, I don't want to have to explain to people why I'm not drinking, you know, or I don't, right. why, why I don't want to drink. So I just had, you know, uh, some sort of tonic or something yeah. like that on, on the rocks. And, and in the end, it, it wasn't a big deal because as you remember, it's like just a lot of, you know, talking and small talk, you get pulled away and obviously you're doing this thing and whatever. And so I, but I even had that feeling right. of like a little anxious of just having to explain why I wasn't having a cocktail. You right. know, I didn't want to have someone go, Hey man, I'll get you. I'll get you. What are you drinking? I'm like, uh, a seltzer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've, it is funny. Cause I, and I've, I've learned, you know, Hey, you just have to deal with that. I've learned. Uh, to where like some people like uh, wanted to do like a shot ski with me, but they knew I was an alcoholic, so like we'll just put water in. I'm like, no, no, no you're not quite getting it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just leave me like, out of the shot ski well, altogether. No, 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 we're gonna get water. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's not what the picture says. Like, <laughs> doesn't doesn't quite work. So it's funny and like people like that. And I've had some people that are. Uh, I guess was overbearing, more or less. But like, no, come on, I'm buying a drink. Come on, no, I'm buying yeah, a drink. Yeah, Like, no, no, I'm good. No, no, I'm good. No, really. Like, you know, it's the way. Like, look, I'm sorry, I'm an alcoholic. Like, you don't even care anymore. Like, you're just yeah. like, just stop asking to buy me a drink. <laughs> you just throw it out there, like, oh. And it's really funny how they tap, tap dance around that because then they feel bad, which isn't yeah. my intention. Yeah, yeah, it's not I your intention. Yeah, just stop asking me if I want a drink. That's yeah. all. <laughs> Which I guess in the end, as, as hard as it probably was to come out publicly about this, um, you know, you came out publicly, you know, a while ago, um, a great article written in The Athletic about it. You talked about it on on KFN radio, uh, FM 100.3 here in the Twin Cities. And I got to I got to assume that that sort of helped you in those situations when oh, you went out because immensely. people just knew immensely. It was uh, you know, I feel bad because I, 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 there was a big selfish reason for that article, and it was I was tired of living with the lie. I felt like, and I didn't realize I was living with my lie of alcoholism and addiction because, again, we're, we're, we're so good at lying to ourselves again. But uh, because I, I, I couldn't take it. I was getting severe anxiety from keeping another secret. Right. From, from all of a sudden, now it was a secret that I was an alcoholic, and you don't tell anybody. So, like, now it was like this deep, dark secret I was hiding and it just it felt yucky. It felt like I, I couldn't take it. Uh, and so, like, when I first, I mean, when Russo, when I first, like, all right, let's do it, and I got the article out, I was so relieved just to, to get it out there. And then, like you said, you know, that now it's, I mean, I, I hoped it's helped. I wouldn't know because hopefully nobody's coming up and offering me a drink that would have. I'm assuming that's worked in that favor. It's only happened a few times where people have offered me drinks. But, uh, you know, it just, uh, man, the people, meeting the people, uh has been such so incredible and just uh, out of nowhere whether i'm out at the store and just for the second that they want to take of mine and either thank me for it or the amount of people that have checked in the amount of people that have checked into hazelton and other 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 uh, rehab facilities they went out in malibu uh where a guy a friend of mine was out and speaking and uh, he checked in because he read the article he, he didn't know me really? he didn't know a hockey player nothing but it like is the story and that and i just even as i'm saying it, it's just i'm in disbelief i just i'm 
uh, I'm so happy that, that I can help other people. Uh, it, I mean, it's uh, the, the amount of people that have helped me uh, is is un, is incredible. The support I've got, and, and I just kind of want to be there for anybody else that gets hung up in this uh, god awful disease. Yeah, and and thank God that you have people in your life that recognize you're having a problem, and f- just grabbed you by the arm and said, yeah. "We don't give a shit what you think. You're going." And and yeah. think about and think about the number of people you know, around the world that don't have that support staff, that don't yeah. have somebody to say, I'm taking you by the arm, I'm going to throw you on an airplane, I'm going to check you into rehab, and you're going to go face your demons. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that don't have that. Yeah. At uh, all. How lucky I am. And, and well, uh, and I, you know, I didn't, that's one of those things too, you realize that as, as you're uh, kind of going over everything, in rehab, after rehab, whatever, uh, that like how much courage it takes for your friends, like how much that takes yeah. your friends have to do that. You're like, holy cow, that takes balls. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you know, as I'm going through it, I'm just the whoop dog at that point. Like the other one, you stupid idiot, you drank too much, get your ass to Arizona, you know. So like, oh, I didn't think about it then, but God, how much courage and how scary it was for them, you know, for Lawton to shut that door and Jamie Hirsch to stand in there with me and have that conversation for, you know, for lot like, I never realized that until afterwards, and I brought them all big car, big soppy yeah, car, yeah. <laughs> big tough NHL or love you cards. <laughs> but it's therapeutic. It no, feels good. It, it is. Oh my god, it is. And yeah. like the oh, the, it's so funny how uh, uh, the journal. Like I kept the journal. So yeah, I'm right in there, and it's just oh, lovey dovey. <laughs> it's such a good mood, but it was. It's good. That's what you get. You but know you know that? what the funny thing is? Like it's probably surprising to you to actually put put pen to paper and have those emotions come out on the tip of your pen. But the way that I know you, you're a lovey guy. Like you always have been, you know, you're always smiling. You're always like cheerful. And like, like that's again, going back to what you're talking about, let your emotions fly, man. Oh, yeah. Like that's, I think that's the beauty of, of, um, of who you are is like, you're, you're just a happy go lucky guy. <laughs> um, I do want to go back and touch on, because it, it does fascinate me. It's actually surprising that, you know, not, not to timestamp this whole thing, but, you know, after we get done with this podcast, I actually have a neuroscientist coming in and we're talking about concussions. Really? Um, and and it's, it's been a fascination of mine, of, of course, because uh, of my playing experience and all that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated about where we were, where we're going with the science of concussions. But you were talking about this idea of, of you can still rebuild your brain, yeah. this idea of neuroplasticity and the fact that we can, we can generate new neurons and new brain cells. Where are you with that right now? Are you are you still seeking treatment to like? I, I am. Uh, I've Doc Schmo is a, uh, a neurologist here. He's a, he's a wizard. He, he's uh, the, the 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 guru, the concussion guru that worked with on Crosby and everybody in Florida. The, he's his protege, and he's right here on three ninety four. And and he is the man. He's he's got like a gyro stim. So I've been working with him. Here's another thing too, like that I love. Before when I went to Walt Disney World. 10 years ago, well, not 10 years ago, whatever, a few years ago with the kids, I went on one ride, like one ride, and I was just, that's all I could do. And, and since I've been working with him and got off alcohol, when I went there, when I went there this uh, spring, I went on every ride but one, and that was because Turner was too afraid to do the mummy ride again. <laughs> <laughs> and you were saying that one ride because you would get dizzy. I would get dizzy, right? And, and so, like, obviously the alcohol helped too, but I've been working with my neuro, uh, with Doc Schmo, and he's got this gyro stim thing that's crazy. It, it whips you around and... and all sorts of different directions, different. So, what speeds. do you mean? So, you sit in this thing? Sit, sit inside it, right? Like you see those things in NASA where they just start yeah. spinning you. It's like that, and like you'll have a pen. And he has targets, and like you want to hit as many targets as you can, 
and and it's just crazy. And like he'll shake you up where we're like you'll get shaken up, and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I'm off. I'm off. And they're like he'll do a reverse, and you'll be back to normal. He, he's he's a wizard. It's crazy some of the stuff he can do. So it's just sort of recalibrating those connections yep. in your brain. Exactly, and like some of the simple little like uh, physical therapy, I guess you call them, but like just rolling your head at times and holding it at certain spots and kind of rattling because a lot of mine's vestibular, so my eyes are really. I can always that's my first sign. I can tell when I need to net. My eyes start kind of going bonky yeah. on me. Yeah. So like. Uh, uh, so we do a lot of like little kind of head shake kind of motions and, and like there's some just uh, red and white stripe candy cane style things that will move up and down, like get them moving in front of you and just kind of watch your eyes track. Huh. It's And the thing is, it's just simple movements like that. But then he can pull out all the big fun toys, too. Or like I, I had to work on the hand-eye coordination. So like the speed wall with the yeah. lights. Yeah, light with the up. lights. You see yeah. Yeah, like the, the American Ninja Warrior style th- stuff. He's got some stuff like that. And he's it's incredible. If you ever want to go check it out, let me know. He'd love to have you in there. Yeah. Well, I, I'm super fascinated by the whole thing. Just just this idea that I, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, that you know, when we were when we were growing up, and let's call it my young in my career, it sounded like and it felt like traumatic brain injuries were sort of this irreversible thing. That that's the reason why it's so important is to just the best thing we can do is to not get one. And if you get one, well. I mean, there's still some evolving science behind this stuff. We don't really know. And there's this idea that the brain really didn't fix itself. You know, you know so it's like, hey, the brain cells you were born with or whatever you have, that's what you've got. Yeah. And so whether it's lifestyle choices or uh, traumatic brain injuries, like those things get killed off and that's it. And now that's we couldn't be further from the truth. Like yeah. We're always producing new yeah. neurons and new circuitry and all this stuff. But then how do we how do we take some of that scarring that they saw in your head and either forge through it or build connections around it. Exactly. You know, and and do they ever does he ever talk to you about, you know, things that you can take, you know, supplements or oh, yeah. or, or are there oh. things that you can that we can ingest to help with all that? Oh yeah, I've got a list. I got a bucket list. My my grossest. I wish I could tell you about them all, but they all the, the they're all like the L F methylfolate Z twenty four. You know, they're all those proteins and everything. But yeah, like so it's he does like the whole the runs the gamut. You go in there and you got to like, so you do the fast for like a month. So it was nothing but just just chicken and steak. Oh, that's my kind of diet right there. No seasoning whatsoever. Oh, yeah. No, no, see, no, no, no. I was like, I can do this. Wait, what? No seasoning? Like you can do a little salt and pepper. You're like that's no, that's not a little salt and pepper. Just chicken and steak every day. Just a little salt and pepper. It, it, that was tough. That was tough. But uh, it just you know gets your body, and then you do all the blood work. Uh, you go in and you take all that, and from there on out, he'll he starts working with you. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it works with your diet. I mean, it's it's a full blown. Yeah. So did he say why just the chicken and steak and no carbs? So was it because of the to I, to reduce the inflammatory inflammatory markers in your head? Exactly, because I think because the big thing was the gluten. Like he was worried it was the big thing was the gluten. So we yeah. kind of got all that out of there, and then we re- started reintroducing things. And as soon as we reintroduce gluten, like my just. So are you gluten free now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I try to. I mean. Yeah. My mom's Italian. I mean, I still got to have yeah. spaghetti yeah. meatballs every now and then. I'm, I'm only human. Risotto. Just yeah. stick with risotto. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I have so, the yeah. same problem. I mean, I'm glu- I've been gluten free since 2006. And so, I, yeah. you know, I used to love, uh, and I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but uh, gnocchi. Is that gnocchi. how? Gnocchi. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love that. Oh, my God. Oh, I mean, if you look back. 
you look back when I was a child, I was I was a puffy kid. Um, I had to wear husky pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of it was because of pasta and gnocchi, man. Mm. I loved it. And my mom's food and, you know, she's yeah. Korean. And so there's a certain aspects of that that's, you know, sort of battered and fried and whatever. Oh, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I understand where you're going. Like, I can't, <laughs> you know, I, I got to avoid all that stuff oh, now, you know? Like, and, and I found, uh, well, I, I get the Red Bull every now and then, the, like the pop, that was tough. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, that sure, like just not having, like I, I can have, I'll have my one that I can have in the day or I got to choose one I can have it during the day. But, man, I didn't realize how much uh, root beer and stuff I drank at night. Holy cow. Now yeah. it's, now so it's you were not, a soda yeah. drinker too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was nothing healthy. McDonald's for breakfast, you know. So God dang! Oh man. yeah, I don't know how I did it. It's honestly, God, people. I don't think people would 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 believe me at how often I had the number two from McDonald's for breakfast throughout my career. I would say easily four to five times a week. Easily. So if a little kid would come to you in your playing career oh and be like, God. "Hey, what do you eat to be a professional <laughs> hockey player?" Like, well, listen, listen, kid, you get the number two at McDonald's. You fall, you chase that down with oh, yeah. a large Coke. Oh yeah, go get go get a uh, six pack and a pound from Taco John's for lunch. That was my go to for a long time. Well, I I'm with you on that. That's that's my oh that's my one weakness. Oh, for when it comes to fast food, I can I can get away with, but all oh, the Taco John's. Oh, I love it. The sauce, the sauce is just incredible. It was it was the potato Olays, oh, the man. Potato Olays, yeah. It, that was the tacos. Tacos like I. I won't turn down a taco from anywhere. I mean, I'll, I'll eat whatever. It was the potato lays. Oh. And you didn't drink in high school. I drank a little bit in high school. I was still very uh, secretive and strategic about where I drank and when I drank. Um, so, because my parents obviously did not agree with me or agree with that sort of lifestyle. Yeah. And and so there would be there would be times at, in high school where I had a window of time to drink. <laughs> and and unfortunately, they're getting rid of Mickey's. You know, they got rid of oh, they're, yeah. they're they're getting rid of Mickey's, uh, the brand and the little grenades. But that was kind of my jam was yeah. I would get a six pack of Mickey grenades or something like that. And I would just hammer time just because the wide mouth, you just pop oh, yeah, them and you just you, get them gone, gone, yeah. gone, gone. And that was my my start. And that would have maybe something a little bit later on at whatever party, field party or whatever we're at. And then I knew like, okay, I gotta cut it off by, you know, this this time of the night. Yeah. And then I gotta go to Taco John's and get a six pack yeah. of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then oh. I and then I can go home. So I planned it out to where like they couldn't really smell it. They could yeah. smell oh, yeah. maybe the, the well potato olays and the six six pack and a pound. Yeah. And then plus it kind of sopped everything up. And um I think there was only one time in high school between my junior and senior year where my mom was like, you've been drinking. I said, no, no, I was not. And I, I know, um, I know oh. I did not play it off very well. Oh, I'm so scared of Gianna. She's <laughs> such a good liar already. <laughs> and she is like, we will flat out bust her. Like just have whatever in front of her. Nope. She digs her heels in even more. It just terrifies me. I'm so scared of the high school years and her drinking. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. I know. Because she's, she's already like that. Like, she's already like, nope. Gianna, you're holding Well, what are her friends like? Uh, That's the big thing. She is. Oh, they, they have a great. We have a good group of We have a really good group of friends. Thank God. 
but they're all kind of like her. Uh, they're all a little too fearless. She's kind of the leader of the bunch. Oh, boy. But they're all a little oh, fearless. Boy, yeah. And, yeah, like, there's a couple of boys in the group now, 13, and the girls. And let's just say your daddy's not comfortable with some of this stuff right now. <laughs> I've walked into a couple of rooms. Nothing nothing bad. I mean, they were 13, but there's been some conversations. I'm like, okay, and I'm walking out of this room and trying to forget I ever heard a 13-year-old girl say that. Oh, my God. You see what they text about? Oh, my God. I mean. Like, I'm not telling your dad I just heard that. It's amazing. <laughs> I can't believe they know this stuff. Well, I remember, boy, when I was a kid, and I, and I sort of have to reality check myself a little bit. Yeah. I remember uh, my, I was in fifth grade in Albia, Iowa, small little town in south-central Iowa, right? And... I heard these kids in the playground talking about blowjobs. And I had no idea what they were talking about. I, I did the whole like just laugh whenever they laugh. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I was just, I was just oh, copycatting yeah. all their expressions and all their reactions. I had no idea. Yeah. And now it's like when you hear the, a kid say something like that in, you know, seventh and eighth grade, I'm, I'm, as a parent, I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. Like, how, where I came, how do you know that? I'm like, Dude, I, I heard that back all the yeah. way in the late 80s, I guess. Right. Like, I got to check myself. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's progressed. It's just different when you sometimes see it in a text or you hear a kid say something yeah. similar to that and you're just kind of blown away as a parent. But, like, I, I guess we are all right. we are all exposed to it one We're way or the other. Yeah. Some of us turn out better than others. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. So this, this post-hockey life that you have right now um, – I remember texting you, I mean, during the hockey season, you're working with the Wild, you're doing stuff in the NHL Network, and I'm really not blowing smoke up your ass. Like, I listened to one of the Wild games, and I don't think I knew that you were on the call because they do. you guys have a rotation yep. of, of announcers. And it took me a while because I was like, I was like, damn, like, this, whoever's calling this game is really good. And I texted you, I'm like, dude, after I realized it was you, I'm like you keep doing what you're doing, man. <laughs> you are an you are an easy listen, and you are an entertaining listen, and not from a hey I'm gonna break this down and like I'm gonna go through all the all the X's and O's and I'm just gonna like really dive into the stuff. You could tell that you had a smile on your face and you were happy <laughs> to be watching and talking about hockey. And I think that that's you know I I even took a lesson from you and um on the football side of things and like. Man, just don't don't forget to like smile when yeah. you're and, and and enjoy what you're doing, you know. And you have that natural gift to where you're just you're happy to be there. <laughs> yeah, I'm very happy nowadays. Holy shit, <laughs> you ain't lying. No, thank you. I, uh, you know, and that's uh, uh, it's funny. I've, I've I've always taken the same since I got no. I didn't get any. Walked into the studio at St. Cloud. First of all, I didn't even want to do Saint. I didn't even want to do TV. And I walk in there, and it's. Ten minutes before we go on air, I said, "Okay, we got three minutes for pregame, uh, three minutes for postgame. You got all the highlights and the interviews. Good luck." That was how much schooling I got for TV. That was it. That was it. That was it. So I, I, I kind of learned uh, from making all kinds of mistakes, uh, and, and it was funny because I was kind of got in my head early on. And Benny Clymer and Brad Hedekin were great, cause, you know, working with them now, and and they're like, "You're gonna suck." Like, you're going to suck your first couple times. And I'm glad they told me that because, oh, my God, I sucked. Five times. They scored five goals in the first period. 
I was no Whoa. longer u- allowed to use the words great or unfortunate after one period of hockey. My pro <laughs> team, like one period, I can't. I was no longer allowed to use those two words. And uh, uh, no, it, it ended up um, being great. Uh, and, and the one thing I just kind of realized, I kind of learned from myself, like I get more compliments when I was more relaxed and I was actually trying to get Jim Rich to laugh. Like that would like some days like if the game wasn't going like screwed I'm just gonna try and get Jim Rich to laugh like I want to get yeah. him to laugh on yeah. air and I they 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 kind of give me more more compliments I was like God I'm just kind of screwing around yeah so and, and that was one of the things after my second year some Brian Stanley the 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 producers like he's like you know with the way you do that with the way you have fun with it you can get away with saying so much more. Because you're not like you're saying something. Because you're not of, taking yourself seriously. Yeah, but like you can, you can be. I'm like, all right. So I just started working on that and working with Brian. He's been, he was, yeah, him and Jim Richmond, my gurus, man. They they would just kind of after a game, they're like, okay, don't say that ever again. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't call someone a prick. I learned that one early on. You so, called somebody a prick on air. Well, but I said, but like me. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I was like, I, I like that kid. He plays like a prick, like me. <laughs> I thought that was okay. That was not okay. Yeah, no, yeah. Especially college. Yeah, you could like say. That. The university didn't like that. Especially college. Kids. Yeah, I guess you could use the word intense, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was in my prick, mind. I was complimenting a little harsh. him. In yeah. my mind. Whatever. <laughs> but it is, it's interesting, it's, though, yeah, because. I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And that's the way I approach I take it. Like, I, 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 I used to say, I don't, I don't see it anymore. i got to come up with a different saying. But, like, I, I literally just sit there with, I'm working with Audra, whoever I'm working with, Anthony, whoever at the NHL Network. I literally pretend that I'm sitting there watching the game at the bar. Like I used to say, I sit there watching the game at the bar with my buddies. And that's that's how I'm trying to describe it to. That's, that's who my, my audience yeah. is because that's who I hope my audience is. Yeah. yeah. Well, you do a great job. And I, and I hope that you, you keep getting more and more opportunities to do that Thank because you. I do think it's entertaining and I do think it's easy to listen to. But the trick is, and you had to, had to work that out very early on, is it's funny how you go into it and some of the advice I'm going to guess, and given my experience, they're just like, just go, you know, just go, go talk football, or just go, t- go talk hockey, and and it'll be fine. But then you you walk away, and you like, as as any player would, you want feedback. You're like, yeah. okay, so all right, so you know, let's 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 break this down. And then they start telling you like, you know, maybe don't do this, and then maybe don't do this, and then maybe don't do this, and maybe a little bit of this, and then by the next broadcast it's very easy to get inside your own head. Oh, God, yeah. And you're like, okay, I was told not to do these things. So how can I be cognizant and aware in a reactive moment to not do to, those to things? Make, yeah, to remind yourself not, yeah. Yeah, and like then also yourself. work on the skill development of doing the things that they want me to do. It's it's a lot easier said than done. Yes, a it is. A lot. Yes, it is. Yeah, and I, I, that's, I, I, I got uh, Brian and even the people at the NHL Network uh, when I first, like, because I was constantly asking for feedback. All right, what'd you think about this? What'd you think about this segment? And, and it's funny that uh, my boss out in New Jersey is like, Mark, I, I appreciate it, man. But I'm actually working, too, during the show. So I'm not watching every single thing you're saying. Everything sounded good from what I overheard. I'll take a look again to let you know tomorrow. So I was annoying him over every, well, how about that? Did I word that all right? He's just like, Mark, settle down a little bit. Yes, you're great. Just we'll talk about it tomorrow. Is, yeah, you always, like we 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 crave that feedback. We either want the tap on the helmet, great job. Or we want the don't ever do that again. Right. Like silence is like, wait, tell me something. Well, well like, just just yeah. Well, silence makes it seem like you didn't like anything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Then it's just, did you even notice? 
Yeah, did you even notice? <laughs> like, obviously, I guess uh, you didn't like it. Uh, I mean, yeah, just wondering. Oh, it's a horrible feeling. I mean, I was constantly asking my my bosses at Fox, like, "Hey, uh, what, what can I do better?" Or whatever, yeah. and they're like, "Ah, oh, well, same thing." Like, well, you know, I, I saw kind of some of your game. I was in I was in the production truck, and we had you know four other games going on, and it was kind of like poking yeah. into each one, and then. Uh, you know, then we were dealing with the NFL on Sunday, and you know, we'll we'll get to it. On, let's connect on Monday or Tuesday, and then the week would go by, and, like that, <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. and it would yep. just like perpetu- perpetuate every single week. And by the end of the season, I'm like, I don't know how I do. <laughs> <laughs> There's there is some games. It's nice because some games you're like, oh, I don't even want to ask. It just feel awful. And then you're like, they're like, no, actually, I thought that was one of your better games. You're like, really? How the hell was that one? Of my-? You just feel terrible. And then there's other ones where you just kill it, and they're like, eh, it was okay. You're like, what? Yeah. I freaking killed it. There's no way it was just okay. Well, it's a saying. I remember we, we had a saying in, in the NFL. It's never as good as you think, never yep. as bad as you Amen. think. Yep. It, it, and you get into film study, and sometimes you just want to, like, shrink into your chair. And you want to <laughs> be about one inch big, and you want to just disappear and have nobody around you, you know, even look at you because the game, you're like, oh, I played a horrible game. Then you get your grade sheet and you're like, I scored a 90%. Like, what? <laughs> Damn. And like, you, I got positive comments here. Yeah. And then you go through the film and you kind of walk out and you're like floating on the air. Right, you're like, yeah. heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, I'm pretty good at this thing. And then you go into some and you're like, you walk in kind of cocky and you're like, yeah, I can't wait for these plays. Uh, yeah. And then. Labor, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, I got a 75%. I got two missed tackles. I yeah. got like, oh, my God, I feel Where like I? trash Where right now. Good stuff? Where's all the good stuff? Oh, God, I love that. Yep. Yeah. Many of those videos, highlight reels. Oh, I was dash five. One game, played only five minutes. Couldn't wait for that highlight film. Oh, oh Jack, boy. Oh, so Jack you mean minus five? One. Yeah. You guys call it dash five? Dash five. Minus yeah. five? Yeah. How did the hell did you get a minus five in five minutes? Every time I stepped on the ice, they scored a goal. <laughs> like that's the beauty of it. It's like there's no way all of those can be my fault. Well, that's what there's that's no way. I, I've asked other hockey people this because I I just am kind of learning the whole plus minus thing and and uh, I have picked up hockey from living here in the Twin Cities, but it, hockey was never one of my my top sports growing up. Yeah, watching it. Um, and is the plus minus always been a thing? Or is that kind of new? It, no, it, well, it, it's it's yes, it's always been a thing, but it, it, there's a debate over what, how significant it is. And, right. And, I'm like, just because you're on the ice when they score yeah. does not mean it's not indicative of you with a poor performance, is it? No, it's not. It's it's more like it's more it's more of a look at the team and like the pairing itself, like whether it's the deep pairing of the line or the team itself. It's like on a better team, you can tell who's on a better team because obviously they're plus. But yeah, for the most part, like I don't, I couldn't tell you what my career. I'm sure it's not a plus, but whatever my career is, I know I was dashed. I know it was Dano Char and I uh, tied for the Green Jacket one year for the NHL at minus 27 for the Islanders. That was that was a proud year. That was a good year. Um, but yeah, like most of us don't even pay attention to it. We'll talk about it in the media, just to be honest with you. Like, gives me something to talk about, you know, like because there's yeah. so many games and sometimes it just gets repetitive. You're like, I've talked about the same damn thing. Right. Over and over and over. Well, let's talk about the plus and minus. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I look at it. it. It's indicative, yeah, to a point, though. There's, there's a lot of reading. There's a lot of gray area as opposed to the other stats. We're like, goal and assist. That's easy. I'm on ice. That's easy. That's the only one in hockey. You're like, eh, take it or leave it. it nobody's. Yeah. 
you know, nobody's negotiating a contract. Ah, buddy, he was plus 38. Or right. Plus, or, well, the, the team's going to turn around and say, ah, he was minus 20. No. Yeah, it's a talking point for the media and the yeah. fans. Exactly. General manager's not looking at him like, oh, I'm not going to sign this guy to this contract because look yeah. at his plus minus. Yeah, and they all have their own stats too. They're, you know, like they have own, own grading systems. You know, it's just I'm sure like the NFL coaching staff and right, they have their own little what takeaways are, what they'll go through and do their own stats. So like even the stats the the NHL kicks out, your team may not even be paying attention to those. Yeah, they, yeah, they're, 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 they might have their very own different and they have complete different results than than we get from the nhl that's one of the things you kind of get a kick out of yeah like yeah. when you get around long enough you're like some of those stats like yeah people are like oh they're reading them off you're like eh, those aren't exactly exact yeah yeah well the, the one uh big news in the nhl world here with the wild is is the buyout of Suter and parisi yep. and because you in your career kind of a similar fate <laughs> you know uh with, really. with getting bought out but you know, what was your gut reaction to that thing? Was that was that even on the radar? I mean, I heard people say, you know, all the analysts saying, well, what, what's going to happen with the Wild with those two players? And it was the, the options that I kind of heard was either they're on the team or they're traded or off the team. The buyout situation wasn't ever really talked about. So was that a surprise to you? Uh, the suitor side of it was, for sure. Um, the, the With Parisi, the writing was on the wall. Uh, I mean, obviously, the, he wasn't in their plans for the future. When a guy like that isn't even cracking your lineup in the right, and finish off the regular season, and then you, the guy that the playoff performer that he has been his whole career is not even starting for you in the playoffs. Like he's just It's obvious the team's moved on. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter. Team's moved on. So... That one wasn't a surprise because what else are you going to do? In doing so, you're kind of taking away uh, your negotiations in a trade. I mean, if you're not playing your guy, why is somebody going to be like, here's a first rounder? You're not even playing him, for God's sakes. Like, right. You, you right. Don't have a there's no value. So yeah. there's no value there. And so so it was kind of a buyout or maybe work something together with the Islanders. We, we had went over a bunch of you know scenarios at the NHL Network, and one of them was the one thing that we – we talked about it, which is kind of funny. So, like, they're, they're, the one scenario is if this was the year to buy out Suter, they're going to buy out both because obviously the contracts are such a hit, and they're, they're just they're 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 an anchor right now for the Wilder. No, no longer. Well, they are still a little bit. They are still a little bit for a few years, um, but this was the only year it would work. Just fiscally, it's, you know, for the return for the cap hit uh, to do Suter, and we just kind of like, oh, they're not going to do Suter, you know, like that because that, he could still play. Like, yeah, he, maybe he's not worth what he's making, but he he's still worth, you know, worth a player. So we were pretty surprised that, that Suter was part of it too. Uh, Parisi, not so much, but yeah, my heart goes out to him. Like Ryan, uh, not so much. Uh, he, he'll get that sounded heartless, uh, but but he'll get, he's he, he's he's got a few more years. He's going to sign four or five million. Like he's 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 fine. Like you know yeah. his career yeah. is going to go on. Zach, there's a little bit more of a question mark. Uh, you know whether he's going to be able to find a home or whether he's going to you know what the role if if he can find a, a role for him, a role that fits his game and uh, and a role that he'd be comfortable taking in a, in a spot that he'd be willing to go to. Because he has a very specific skill set, right? And that's, again, that, that reminds me of me, you know. And, and if it's a power play guy, he's in front of the net, he's going to grind, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's going to go down and get those grindy, gritty areas. Uh, he doesn't have quite have the jump that he used to have, but he's just going to go out there and work hard. And, we'll, and while some teams' power plays aren't really set up around that, I mean, and it's tough to find a top six, he, he's got to be a top six uh, winger. Because bottom six, he's not really set for that too. His body wouldn't. I don't know if his body could handle it anyway. Just yeah. being the way he's played, he's played a physical game. You, you know, so 
So that's that's the thing with Zach is is hopefully that he can find somewhere land somewhere and get uh, get another kick at the can at somewhere because I know how hard that can be. So when it comes to the um, the the reshuffling of the chemistry on this team, what did you what did you ever make of the rumblings and the rumors that those two specifically did not set a great leadership example within the locker room? Is there truth to that? The, or did people just kind of have it out to get them because they because of the contracts? No, no. There's a, unfortunately there's some truth to that. There really is, and it did. There was a divide there, uh, you know. And 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 rooms are done run differently, uh, as as you know. You've been around the NFL. I'm sure the same thing goes there. There's just a different core. There's different rooms are just kind of run unique and and how they go. And sometimes you get a couple older guys in there together. And you know, Miko was here from the get go. Uh, he had things kind of going how he liked it here in Minnesota, and then Ryan and, and Zach came in with with their own ideas, and it, they just kind of never they could never find a, an even ground. Uh, you know, they just kind of butted heads, and and it was it was obvious. It 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 it, it creates a, you know, none of them are bad guys. They they they're, they're certainly not intention, but it, that creates a division in the locker room, as you know, and, and mm-hmm. you, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Period. So it, there was just kind of that. Uh, the team, the coaching staff, everybody dealing with that that kind of underlying issue for the last nine years. Uh, and I think that's one of the main reasons, too, with Billy Garen. You know, when I, when I spoke with him uh, on that day, I was actually, it was pretty funny with me, Jamie Hirsch, and Bruce Boudreaux working the NHL network. <laughs> with that. The, the network was very happy the way they scheduled yeah. that out there. Um, yeah, you know, and, and he just kind of, he just kind of gave this big, just deep, like, deep breath. Of like, you know, Perry, it's just time. And it was. He was right. That was the thing. It's like you know, we can just move on. It's we've we've made the change in leadership. The changing of the guard. The Spurgeon is the captain now. This is Kaprizov's team. Fiala, like the the core guys have gone younger. Brodeen, uh, Erickson, Eck, ever all these guys have stepped up, and and now you've moved on with Koivu. Now it's it was just a perfect time with Kaprizov coming in and changing the look of this organization overnight. Yeah, it's. Let's move on from this. I mean, nine years they were here. They got to the second round once. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just it didn't work. It, nothing, nothing. It's nothing personal. It is what it is. It's, it, this is the business of pro sports, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I, I love the move uh, for the while. Uh, you know, I feel bad. You know, uh, obviously being friends with Zach, uh, Ryan's going to land on his feet. Hopefully, Ryan, Zach gets another kick at the can. But it, for, for the while, it's, it's great. Now you, you you look at Kaprizov, now it's clean slate moving forward. There's there's no old remnants of of, right. of all that crap and whatever it was. Major, significant, insignificant, it doesn't matter. It's all gone now. Yeah. And do you feel like Kirill has the mentality and the maturity to kind of take the reins at this point? I think so. I mean, he's still young, obviously, but, man, he was just having fun last year. He he's was. just playing I mean, physically, physically, he plays different than anybody else. And, and But I'm saying more from a – you're the face, you know, the pressure, the pressure is different, you know, and now the expectations are even higher, not just from a performance standpoint, but from uh, a a foreign guy from Russia that's coming over here. And now you're gonna be the face of of an American organization like that's and I know that in hockey, it happens all the time. But but he's a young guy. Oh, yeah. But imagine doing it the other way. Right. That's what I always tell people. Imagine like I'm not me go to Russia and do that. Hell no. No. Where's my mommy? Where's my bed? Where's right. my little binky? I'm standing right here at home. Yeah. And yeah, no, and it's tough. And, and I, he's he's always had the right mentality. I'm I'm not concerned about that at all. Uh, one, he's won everywhere. 
Um, uh, two, I loved the way he came in with Billy Garen when Billy asked him if he you know can bring in another Russian, and he's like, "Well, he might, well will he help us win?" Like he doesn't care about bringing a friend; he w- he wants to win. Uh, and I think uh, the other thing too, watch him throughout the playoffs. Uh, when 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 the playoffs got over in that interview, it was an eye opener for him, and he admitted it. And I like that because this is a guy that the way he plays, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. If he got run over, he got run over early in the year against LA. This Wagner kid. Later that game, he came and laid this guy out. And this Wagner's a pretty big player, and I just love that. That was, like, my favorite part of the year from Kaprizov. I was like, oh, my God, I love him. He's, he's yeah, the, like, yeah. He took that number. He didn't say anything. He took that number later in the game, and he just destroyed him when he got a chance. He was just cl- clean as can be, big physical player, skilled guy just running over a physical guy. And, and you know, and he just plays the game. Uh, I think he's he's I, – I have no doubt in my mind that that he's got the determination. He's got that 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 – you you know that, yeah. that edge that that's what you need to be the guy yeah right like yeah now he's just got to get a little bit bigger you can see it in the game yeah exactly a little and bit stronger and in, in the and and the consistency right doing yeah. it now you're doing it with the big boys you doing it with the big boys night in and night out now go do it again right it's so it's it's finding that consistency but i love it i every facet of his game i cannot wait to watch and see what he turns into see i can already see it. you're you're excited for the season i am i can't wait. <laughs> let's go drop the damn puck the i got too much time on my hands here the season August. starts officially when or when does work hockey uh, work start to ramp up for you uh mid, mid-september so yeah mid-september okay. usually i think that's i think they're aiming for mid-september god everything's been thrown off so the last couple of years because usually they're yeah usually it's around the first second week of october they want the games going get back to normal oh, get back to normal yeah i know i know so you don't have much you don't have much time. You got a no, few more weeks here of the of the yeah. summer, and then you kind of ramp back up. But yeah, Nikki's got to put me to work. She's only got a little bit longer. <laughs> Nikki, don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man. Thank you. Oh, anytime. Thank you very much, my friend. It was a great conversation. It. Well, it was fun talking, I, I, yeah. Again, it was. Uh, I appreciate you coming in, talking, sharing your story. I think it's a story that needs to be shared all the time. I mean, your your vulnerability is um, in your in your courage is very admirable. Thanks. So. I appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And keep and keep smiling through the broadcast. Keep smi- <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll laugh for Ben. I'll remember. I always yeah. laugh for Benny. Yeah. Put that on your wrist or something. Write that down. <laughs> Get Write that tattooed. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, everybody. That uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing to this unrestricted podcast. You can find it on Apple, uh, iHeart, Spotify, uh, Google, anywhere that you can find your your podcast platforms. Um, I really appreciate everybody's feedback. Uh, all of your comments, and I especially want to thank Douglas and Todd Bourbon. Sorry, Mark, I got, I got to think. <laughs> I got, I got to thank oh, my my alcohol sponsor. I suppose. Oh, uh, uh, I want to thank Douglas and Todd Bourbon. You can find it all at douglasandtodd.com. In the upper right hand corner is a store later locator. Find the nearest liquor store near you to find gold medal winning a Minnesota made grain to glass bourbon, and uh, and that'll do it for us. So thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.